Welcome back, guys, to another episode of the Four Quillet Sports Show. Thank you guys so much for being here. Thank you guys for tuning in. I really do appreciate it. If you guys could leave a rating review of the pod wherever you get your podcast, that would be much appreciated, as well as just kind of sharing it around as well. That would also really help out. Uh, just kind of helps let me know if you guys enjoy it and it helps kind of get the episodes out there. So I really hope you guys are doing well. Um, yeah, I mean... One quick thing I wanted to say before we got jumped in this episode is I wanted to give two big shout outs. The first one to give a big shout out to Fanbase Radio, the guys over there. They are an incredible group of three guys. Um, I can't say much, but something is being planned. <laughs> um, yeah, so can't wait. Um, again, shout out to those three. Knowledgeable, they know what they're talking about give them a follow i'll link them down in the description box below uh with their link tree um but yeah go give them a listen wherever you get your podcasts they are really really funny um and again something might be planned might be being planned right now so um yeah make sure to kind of keep your eyes out for that and just kind of wait to see what happens as well as another shout out to maddie ice media maddie ice a part of the Maddie Ice Media Network, um, another great, you know, another great podcaster in this little community that we're in, uh, just highly knowledgeable again and knows what he's talking about. Very fun to work with. You guys have heard him on the other on the other pod, so um, yeah, just I'll again link him down there as well. But yeah, just a big shout out to those to those guys, and um, yeah, they make this real fun to do. And yeah, they help out so much and I'm willing to help them out whenever. So let's get into today's episode though. Just wanted to get that out there and yeah, this should be fun. So our first thing, this is going to be a lot of things about COVID. This is going to be an interesting COVID episode because, you know, there's a lot of, I guess recently there's just been a lot of stuff going around and uh, I think just recently... I think coach Kevin Stefanski for the Browns also just recently got it, I think today or yesterday or something. But yeah, Baker Mayfield also among the – no, I just kind of got confused because there's one article that talked about them having eight players, and this one says six, but this is the most recent video or the most recent article. So I wonder if those two guys out of the eight – ended up being able to play or ended up being on the active roster again. Maybe they were close contacts and they were both vaccinated, possible. But this one went down to six, so I just kind of wanted to get that out there. Don't know if I'm missing anything. But, yeah, so the Browns, safe to say, and I'll be talking about them a, a little bit later on as well, but, yeah, they are dealing with, you know, a late COVID-19 kind of outbreak here within the team. Now, again, you guys remember the rules. Earlier this season, before this season, it was established that since, well, last year wasn't, um, last year there was no, you know, there was no, uh, there was no penalty for COVID outbreaks because it was no one's fault. Uh, They just, they, you know, it was the league's choice to, you know, play out the season and, it was up to the players if they wanted to or not, but they still weren't going to fault the players should an outbreak happen because it was the middle of the pandemic. And, you know, this year with the vaccine and there being a choice, 
they established it that if you guys remember, the NFL sent out a memo to all the teams, I believe back in July or August, I believe one of those two months, they sent out a memo to the teams, and I remember putting it on the pod here, so I'm sure it's probably back at you know sometime then. But um yeah, they ended up, you know, sending out a memo saying, you know, if there's any sort of COVID outbreak at any point in the season, you know, and if it's enough to if it's enough to close out one of their games, if it's enough to cancel one of their games, that team's game, upcoming game, then, you know, that team has to forfeit it and it counts as a loss. So with the Browns, the first team to really kind of deal with an outbreak this year, it's, again, kind of a late one. And the reason why that sucks is because this is coming at a really bad time for the Browns, mainly because they're still fighting for the playoffs. And believe it or not, they do have a chance. Um, I, they do need to keep winning and they need to hope for a couple of different losses as well to hopefully make it. But yeah, they definitely do have a, a, a chance. And this is kind of blowing that, especially because now that you have your head coach out, you're going to have your starting quarterback out who's already, you know, who's, you know, it's not guaranteed even with him playing, but you have a much better shot as well as like half your team. But anyway, yeah, they're dealing with an outbreak right now. And the most recent, I believe, was Stefanski. But here we're first talking about Mayfield. It was first reported Wednesday by NFL Network's Tom Pellicero. Tested positive for COVID-19, Mayfield did. The team then later confirmed it, as well as cornerback Troy Hill, safety John News- John Johnson III, defensive tackle Malik McDowell, defensive end Ifedi Odeng... I've always said his name wrong. Odin... Odengbo and safety Nathan Medora Meder, Med, blah, and safety Nathan Meters meters were placed on reserve COVID list Wednesday. So with Mayfield being a vaccinated player, he needs two negative tests 24 hours apart to be able to play Saturday's game against the Raiders. If he's then ruled out, Case Keenum would get that would be the next guy in line to get the heads, you know, to get the starting position. And then Nick Mullers would be the Nick. Mullers. Mullins would then become the backup Saturday for Keenum. So, yeah, they have three guys on their roster. With Mayfield being vaccinated, definitely helps out because he still has a chance to play. If you're unvaccinated, you're guaranteed the 10 days, I believe it is. Um, yeah, so it's going to be close. Uh, he needs – so if he tested positive – today's Wednesday. If he tested neg- If he tests negative today – and then he tests negative whenever he did it. Let's say he did. I don't know when they report the facility. Let's say he. Let's say he tested negative. Let's say he went in today, tested negative. Um, so that means he was probably a close contact then. Or wait, no, tested. No, he tested positive for COVID, but because he's vaccinated, he has to test negative. Wait, hold on. <laughs> okay, wait. I just confused myself. Oh, yeah, that's right. He can still test negative 20. Okay, I confused myself there for a minute. Okay, never mind, never mind, never mind. Okay, I confused myself there. Yeah, he just needs the two negative tests, even though he tested positive because it's the vaccine. That's how they're still going to treat it even though we're technically still in the pandemic. So let's say he tested, let's say he tested today. He tested positive, but let's say he tested negative. 
Let's say he tested positive today. So let's say tomorrow he you know he tests again and he's negative for the first time. He's negative at like seven eight like seven thirty a.m. tomorrow morning. Then he needs to do that again to make it twenty four hours apart. He needs to do it again at seven thirty the next day. So in two days he would need to do it again, test negative again to be able to play. You don't really have to skip days. I believe if you do not have it, if you if you have it, but you're vaccinated. And then, yeah, so all those other guys that I mentioned. And then this is also coming in. So this is, so Mayfield's positive test. This is actually coming in after they announced Kevin Stefanski had it, the head coach, on Wednesday. Then that's when they placed eight players on the reserve COVID list. Tuesday after positive tests with receivers or with um, it's including receiver Jarvis Landry, guards Wyatt Teller and Drew Forbes, tight ends Austin Hooper and Ross Travis, wide receiver Jojo Natson, defensive end Takaris McKinley, and defensive tackle Jedrick Wills. And when you look at this Browns team, they're not a very they're not that type of team where they could be out with a lot of these guys and you know still have a chance to win like a lot of other teams in the league. They literally need everyone, and so this is really going to hurt them because this is basically what get, this whole group is basically what, get, what what gets their team to go. And if this isn't Browns luck, I don't know what is. If you're a Browns fan, I'm sorry, and you're probably looking at this saying, "Of course it's the Browns. Who? What, what other team would it be?" I feel you. I'm sorry. Uh, this is really really painful. Again, coming at the, probably one of the worst times you possibly could get it because. They're still, you know, still trying to fight for the playoffs. They got to go through the Raiders. Luckily, the Raiders aren't doing so hot either right now. They're again one of the many teams that started out really hot, and just like a lot of other teams, they fizzled out. And the Raiders are no different. They did the same thing, you know. So we'll just kind of have to see how this game goes for them. But you know, moving on to the next thing, like I was talked about already, Kevin Stefanski tested positive. I probably won't talk too long for this one because I already talked about him with the previous one, but, um, yeah, so he's, you know, he's kind of one of the guys that got Mayfield to test positive. He tested positive first. He has to test, I believe he has been vaccinated as well and received the booster shot. Tested positive Wednesday morning, was immediately isolated from the team. Does not, if he does not test negative, if he does test negative, excuse me, Again, before Saturday's game, he can, against the Raiders, he'll have to, uh, the requirement for his return under league protocols. Special teams coach Mike Prefer will serve as the Browns acting head coach. And offensive coordinator Alex Van Pelt will call plays per the team's statement. While isolated, Stefanski will help the team prepare virtually. So he still will be able to help them prepare, just won't be there in person. And then, yeah, I can't discuss anymore because the next guy is gonna be, um, <clears throat> is gonna be about that team. So, we already discussed Kevin Stefanski. Now we get into our next thing here. I guess whatever you want to call it, next topic, next subject, and that is gonna be with the salary cap. So, as you guys know. Um, 2020, it got completely dipped underneath the normal average for a season because, of course, 
um covid impacts really took down you know you really you know knocked out the ratings you know the ratings wasn't the same a lot of people stopped watching the you know because people it was just it was a lot more boring for people and uh everything like that and of course that of course you know helps you know makes not helps them makes them lose money and all this other stuff but at the end of the day either way you know either way you know um at the end of the day what ended up happening is they lost a whole bunch of money and the salary cap was forced to be down just like a lot of things in 2020 it was unusual and it was down than the normal this season it went up a little bit more um over that 2020 average it definitely was a lot better it still wasn't where it should have been and now it's kind of jumping back up there again clubs the NFL has informed clubs, and I'm assuming a memo, saying that the 2022 salary cap is projected to be $208.2 million. So it's kind of jumping up back to where it should have been. I'm trying to remember what this season's was. But, yeah, so they're, you know, the NFL is telling teams that the salary cap number will rise once again to $208.2 million. Of course, this is the first rise this 2021 season was the first rise that we had since last year so it even it rose from you know it rose this season but i mean it's going to rise even once again for next year and again it's going to be 208.2 million dollars tom pillow has reported on this it's expanding by 25.7 million compared to this season so that's just kind of you know um it's just kind of to give you an idea of where it is now it's a rise of $25.7 million compared to this, again, this current season. That is the maximum amount agreed upon by the NFL and the NFLPA back in May of this year. The large increase stems from the 21 cap that was lower due to the COVID pandemic, but of course also higher than last season's. The previous cap in 2020 was $198.2 million. Again, that was below average. And of course made a lot of teams of you know go through that stage you know this off this past off season of having to get rid of players you know that they normally wouldn't get rid of because they just they had to they needed room and of course that's what ended up you know with the whole i think the most the only example i can honestly kind of come up with is for that happening was like the kyle van noy release from the dolphins dolphins had had every intention of keeping them but because of salary cap situation, they were like one of the worst ones. They had to get rid of them. And then, of course, that allowed New England to go back in and pick them up. But anyway, that was just kind of an example of that. And I think New England and a couple other teams, like two other teams, one or two other teams ended up having um, the best salary caps, you know, because of the lowering of the salary cap. New England actually had one of the best ones, and I believe a couple other teams too. I don't remember them, but, yeah, they definitely um, – it was definitely interesting to see. You know, a lot of players get – excuse me. A lot of other players that got, you know, released that we weren't used to seeing, you know, that probably wouldn't have been released. That's just not something we're used to seeing. But, yeah, so, yeah, and you, you know, I can't speak. Oh, my God. But then, of course, you had to deal with the no crowds last year. Obviously, you guys know about that. And then the cap was then adjusted and reduced to 182.182.5 million. And that was its lowest mark since 18. And then 
you know, kind of just have to finagle it ever since then, and now it's been expanded for 2022. Up until the pandemic, the salary cap had been steady, had been a standard, had been a stat. Oh my God. Why am I having tongue twisters today? The NFL, you know, leading up to the pandemic, so before that, there was a steady annual increase in recent years with the uh, salary cap number each year. It was a range of 10 to 12 million per year. So it was on a steady increase. Um, each season that we that went on up until the pandemic, and then of course took a major dump um, because of that. You know, it, it just completely dug, it just completely dumped down, and now it's where it's at again. It's still probably a little bit lower than it should be than we normally see, but for considering we're still in a pandemic and they raised it to that point, I would say that's still pretty good. Tom Pelosero and NFL Network insider Ian Rappaport first reported this expected increase back on December 5th, noting that there was some optimism for another cap rise in 23. And, um, of course, that's also, you know, already with the contracts, you can kind of see it as most recently with extended deals. Most recently, I talked about Daniel Carlson and punter A.J. Cole last week for the Raiders. That was also a part of it as well. You've seen how much they're getting, you know, the money. You know, it was a really – every player, it seemed like, was getting low numbers last season – and now you kind of see like that increase again in the pay for other teams. So uh, that's definitely going to be an impact again. And, you know, because they, they just they couldn't pay their guys how they wanted to. It just wasn't their fault. And then like I was discussing earlier, pre-aforementioned of a team when I was talking about Kevin Stefanski that I couldn't discuss another team because it was on there and I already had another article on it, was with Odell Beckham. He tested positive for COVID-19. And the Rams have entered an enhanced protocols situation for, I guess, just to make sure that everyone else is safe. But, yeah, so like I already talked about, the spike in COVID cases recently, a very, very late outbreak that we're having here. Didn't really expect to have one, to be honest, this season, but we're having a mini one for the Browns. Hopefully it doesn't spread to a lot of other teams. And we'll see if they can even play their game. Obviously, if they can the league doesn't think it's bad enough to, you know, have them forfeit. So, but yeah, the Rams, hopefully they don't have too much of an outbreak, but Odell Beckham was the, I believe is the only guy for them to have tested positive as, as of the moment, as of, as of this recording, I believe he's the only player. This was also reported by Ian Rappaport, NFL Network Insider on Tuesday. Odell Beckham's positive test comes after the club placed all-pro cornerback Jalen Ramsey. That's right. Jalen Ramsey also tested positive as well shortly before their 30-23 to win over the Arizona Cardinals. Coach Sean McVay announced Tuesday that his team has entered enhanced COVID protocols and is closing down the facility until at least Wednesday or through at least Wednesday. So does that mean they're going to go through today or does that mean they can practice today? Because today's Wednesday. Odell Beckham, along with defensive back Terrell Burgess, tight end Brian Bryson Hopkins, defensive back Juju Hughes, offensive tackle Alaric Jackson, nose tackle Sebastian Joseph Day, defensive end Jonah Williams, defensive back Jordan Fuller, and defensive back Tyler Hall were all placed on the Rams' COVID list on Tuesday. Tight end Tyler Higby, 
was activated off the list because he, I believe, was vaccinated, had a test positive, um, had a test negative, excuse me, 24 hours apart like everyone else who's vaccinated. So they actually had more guys than I thought they did. Okay, yeah, they have a mini outbreak as well. So the Rams and the Browns are both having a mini outbreak right now. Tyler Higby, I believe, is the first guy to come back. And Sean McVay also went on to say that this is also including Daryl Henderson, offensive tackle Rob Havenstein, and cornerback Dante Davon or Dayon are all current Rams players on the list as of this moment. So again, they're they're on another the two teams having an outbreak right now. Hopefully it doesn't go any further than that. And uh, yeah, we'll have to see. So yeah, Browns and Rams. Moving on to our next topic, or uh, um, whatever you want to call it. I never know what to call this. Topics, subjects, I don't even know, segments, whatever you guys want to call it. The next thing here is going to be injury updates. This is coming from Tuesday, December 14th, so this is coming from yesterday, but it'll be leading into the end of this, or... Yeah, the rest of this week it'll be leading into, so it's still pretty effective to talk about. The Colts are expecting a player back from the COVID list, and that is center Ryan Kelly. He's been activated once again from the COVID reserve list. He was placed on the list on December 4th. Dealt with mild symptoms for a few days while protocol, but is, quote, feeling good now, end quote. So that is good to hear. He's been able to come back for this offensive line. And uh, be able to face the Patriots this upcoming Saturday. And then, of course, injuries and COVID. So that was really that one guy that we have a whole ass list right here. Okay. I don't know if we'll get to everyone. This is a really long list, but I will try my best. Arizona Cardinals coach Cliff Kingsbury told reporters running back James Conner, ankle and receiver DeAndre Hopkins, legger set to undergo MRIs for undisclosed injuries. Ravens placed center Tristan colon Castillo on the reserve COVID list. Panthers running back Christian McCaffrey tested positive for COVID. Ian, Ra- Ian Rappaport reported on it. McCaffrey was ruled out for the remainder of the season. They're suffering an ankle injury in week 12. So that's not really going to affect them too much because not really going to be able to play anyway. They've also activated offensive lineman Trent Scott from the list as well. So one put on, one taken off. The Bears replacing nose tackle Eddie Goldman, defensive back Artie Burns, and practice squad linebacker Sam Kamara on the reserve COVID list. Bengals placed cornerback Darius Phillips on injured reserve. Browns placed following play. Yeah, I already talked about them. Lions placed cornerback Nickel Nickel Roby Coleman on the practice squad reserve list. Reserve COVID list, excuse me. Chiefs coach Andy Reid said lineman Chris Jones will be placed on reserve COVID list. They'll be playing the Chargers on Thursday. It is kind of doubtful that he plays tomorrow night, uh, as he kind of just recently got it. Raiders designated tight end Nick Bowers from injured reserve and activated running back Jalen Richards from COVID list. Safety Jonathan Abram, illness tight end Darren Waller, knee and back linebacker Denzel Perriman, ankle and corner Trayvon Mullen, toe were listed as did not participate on the estimated injury report. Defensive ends Max Crosby, Calf, and Carl Nassib 
knee were limited. Chargers are, of course, they have to deal with the Chiefs. And they have left tackle Rashawn Slater added to the COVID list Monday. Played all 13 games this season. They also have got to place Trey Pipkins in there. Chargers also activated receiver Keenan Allen from the reserve list. Austin Eckler, ankle, safety, Derwin James, hamstring, and wide receiver Mike Williams, heel, were listed as limited for Tuesday's walkthrough. Rams receiver Odell Beckham, tested positive, as well as everyone else I talked about. Vikings placed defensive end Daniel Hunter, receiver D.D. Westbrook, and practice squad receiver Tristan Jackson, running back A.J. Rose on the reserve COVID list. Hunter was already ruled out for the remainder of the season back in November, so he was already out no matter what. Patriots added quarterback Mac Jones to the injury report with a left thumb injury. Was a full participant for Wednesday, but was limited on Tuesday, so that is a good sign. Also listed the following players as limited practice participants. Center David Andrews, shoulder, defensive lineman Christian Barmore, knee, linebackers Jawan Bentley, ribs, and Ronnie Perkins, illness, running back Brandon Bolden, knee, and Damien Harris, hamstring that he suffered in their last game against the Bills. Offensive tackle Trent Brown, calf, wrist, kicker Nick Folk, left knee, and safety Adrian Phillips, knee. Offensive lineman Yadni Kajaste, Illness did not practice. The team designated linebacker Josh Uche ankle from for the return from injured reserve. New England for uh, that's also per RotoWire, so they're good. New England also announced it as activated safety Joshua Bledsoe placed guard Alex Redmond on injured reserve and released linebacker Calvin Munson. They have a long ass list. Bucks placed running back Giovanni Bernard on injured reserve. Bernard ex- exited Sunday's win over the Bills early due to a hip injury. Titans placed receiver Des Fitzpatrick on the reserve COVID list. Washington football team placed cornerback Kendall Fuller and defensive tackle Tim Settle on the reserve COVID list and activated cornerback Daryl Roberts off the COVID list. Holy crap, is this really, really long and that was just the COVID. Now we're getting into roster moves. So I will let you guys actually look at this for yourselves. Um, I spent a lot of time on this article already. Um, kind of want to get into the rest of the stuff here. But, uh, yeah, I will pin it down below so you guys can take a look at this for yourselves uh, with everything. Actually, you know what? I will read off a couple of them. I'll just read off the first couple. With roster moves, Arizona's released long snapper Bo Brinkley from the active roster and linebacker Nate Hall from the practice squad. Panthers waived tight end Colin Thompson. Bengals signed punter Drew Chris- Chrisman to the practice squad. Browns signed receiver Jamarcus Bradley to the practice squad. Lions claimed former 49ers cornerback Savon Smith off waivers. Inside cornerback Shakir Brown and Chris Williamson to practice squad. Packers signed receiver Jawan Winfrey. From the practice squad, Chiefs signed defensive back Zane Anderson from practice squad. They also signed kicker Elliot Fry to the practice squad. Raiders signed defensive end Damian Square to the practice squad. Dolphins waived center Austin Raider. Vikings signed defensive end Yeti Yarbrough. Saints released defensive tackle Josiah Bronson and defensive back Dylan Mabin. Giants released quarterback Clayton Thorson. 
Steelers signed defensive back Isaiah Johnson to the practice squad. Bucks are signing veteran running back Kenyon Barner to the squad. Bucks also sent punter Sterling Hot Hofritter to the practice squad and released receiver John Hurst. I'll just get into the rest of this. It's not too much longer, actually. Titans cut defensive back Breon Borders. Washington football team signed linebacker Nate Orchard off Packers practice squad and signed defensive tackler Hercules Mata Afa to the practice squad. Team also activated safety Jeremy Reeves from the practice squad as well as a COVID replacement for this upcoming game. That was really, really long. Okay. Um, I guess let's kind of just take a break real fast. And when we come back, we will finish out the remainder of the news. And then we'll kind of close it out from there. So, yeah, we'll be back. All right, guys, welcome back from the break. So we just got done discussing um, the kind of the injury report from Tuesday, December 14th. Today is the 15th, so it kind of just continues into this week, uh, the remainder of this week. And, uh, yeah, actually, let's see here. I love doing these things. Okay. I like they showed the um, you pick the team that's going to win at the bottom of the screen. I was kind of just playing that a little bit. Okay. Anyway, let's get into the rest of the episode here. Okay. I can play that a little bit later on. Okay. Next thing here is going to be with the Las Vegas Raiders. It's nothing about the team. It's just about the stadium. It is expected to be the host site of Super Bowl 58, I believe. In 2024. So, I mean, that was already kind of expected. I just kind of wanted to get that out there. So, the Las Vegas Raiders or Las Vegas will be added to the upcoming list of NFL events to host in the coming years in for the Super Bowl. The annual meeting in Dallas on Wednesday. NFL owners are expected to approve Las Vegas's Allegiant Stadium as the host site for Super Bowl 58, I believe it is, in 2024, per Ian Rappaport, NFL Network Insider. The news or the plan was first reported by the Las Vegas Review Journal. New Orleans had been planned the site, had been the plan site for 24, but the league's move to a 17-game regular season schedule pushed the date of the Super Bowl back by one week and created a conflict with the city's Mardi Gras celebration. New Orleans will instead host the Super Bowl in 25 when Mardi Gras won't commence until March. Las Vegas also has been selected as the host for the upcoming Pro Bowl on February 6th and next year's NFL Draft, April 28th to the 30th in 22. So Las Vegas has a lot going on in the upcoming couple years. Super Bowl 56 will take place on February 13th at SoFi Stadium this year in Inglewood, California while Super Bowl 57 is set to take place at State Farm Stadium in Glendale, Arizona the following year. So um, that'll be State Farm Stadium. Uh, that'll be their first appearance being back in being being back the host again of the Super Bowl since Super Bowl 49. Uh, they've hosted a couple times before, so they'll host once again soon. And it's kind of easy for these a lot of these stadiums to repeat, obviously, because there's only a couple home stadium or a couple warm 
area stadiums where you can go. Like you can really only do Levi's, um, which I wouldn't mind to see it there again. It hasn't been there since Super Bowl 50. I wouldn't mind to see it there again soon. Uh, but yeah, Levi's Stadium. You got, you know, now you have Allegiant Stadium. Now, and then you have State Farm Stadium. Um, trying to think of other ones you have. You have uh, Dolphins. You have, I forget what it's called now. But yeah, the Dolphins, you have the Bucks, you have, of course, it was just already there, so they won't be posting again for quite a while, I'm sure. Uh, but yeah, you got a lot of different options, but yet they still have a good chance of repeating. So yeah, that'll be really cool to see it in Allegiant Stadium at some point in the next couple, in a couple more years. And then just kind of COVID as a whole, uh, other than the Rams and Browns, it's just overall 36 players were placed on the reserve COVID list due to positive tests. Washington, a Washington football team staffer was tested, has officially now tested positive for the Omicron variant of that new recent variant for COVID. The Omicron Washington staffer just got that. So, yeah, there's 36 NFL players, 25 on active rosters, and 11 on practice squads. We're all placed on the reserve COVID list Monday as a result of positive tests. The largest number of additions to the list since its creation in 2020. Tom Pellis server has reported. Yeah, I was going to say it's got to be because there hasn't been any other, I guess, breakout since then. Following the rash of positive tests, the NFL is mandating that all Tier 1 and 2 personnel who have been Quote, who have been previously vaxxed, who previously been vaccinated and are eligible under Centers for Disease Control and Prevention guidelines must receive a booster shot, end quote. That is set to be done by the 27th of December. It has been announced in a memo obtained by Mike Scarif- NFL Network's Mike Garofolo. Tier 1 personnel consists of players, coaches, physicians, trainers, and necessary personnel who need direct access to players. However, the mandate does not apply to players as all requirements for players must be negotiated with the NFL PA. Tier two is of excuse me, tier two is comprised of GMs, football operations, employees, and other assistant coaches. So they kind of just it's a new thing that they're kind of implementing. Not new, it's been there since the whole season, but it's kind of like a new way to categorize it and just kind of see what you have to kind of work around. Again, I already discussed the Rams and then, of course, the Browns. They're, they're, you know, the two teams having outbreaks right now. Hopefully it doesn't expand through that. I mean, it's already kind of gone on long enough. So hopefully it ends soon. But anyway, guys, that is going to do it for today's episode of the Four Quiblet Sports Show. I really hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. And thank you. Like I always say, thank you guys so much for listening to it. I really do appreciate it. If you guys, again, could leave a rating review of the pod wherever you get your podcast, that would be much appreciated as well if you guys could share it around. That would also help out a lot as well. Again, shout out to Fanbase Radio, the guys over there, as well as Maddie Ice. Just some great guys, and they know what, again, they really know what they're they really know what they're talking about, and they, you know, they make this super, super fun to do. And again, watch out for um Watch out for some sort of plan with Fanbase Radio. Something might be, I don't know, something might be brewing. So you'll just have to to wait and see.
But again, thank you guys so much, and I'll see you guys next time.